I know life is going to continue to throw roadblocks and barriers, but if I continue staying present in the moment, focusing on the things within my control, and maintain my positive mindset that has gotten me to where I am today, while also remaining in prayer, then nothing else can stop me. Hello, and welcome to The Expat Therapist, the show that helps wanderlust women prioritize their mental health and live their best lives abroad. I'm your host, Arielle Roberts, a licensed clinical therapist and a fellow expat. Each week, I'll be sharing practical tips, insights, and real-life conversations with inspiring women who are making the most of their international adventures. Whether you're a seasoned expat or just getting started, this podcast is for you. So grab your journal, get cozy, and let's dive in. Hello, everybody. I'm so glad to have you back here. Today's going to be a little bit different of a show. I really want to get raw and share some of my personal life and expat experiences, pain and discomfort. I cannot tell you how uncomfortable I am talking about myself. Um, The whole the expat therapist journey has been a really big growth area for me. Um, So I'm really practicing vulnerability, mainly because this is a homework assignment for my personal coach. So bear with me. And let's pray that I don't ugly cry in the middle of all of this. Um, so I'm going to start by kind of quickly summing up my past. I have some crazy stories, but I'm going to try to simplify them as much as possible to get this episode's point across. The first life-altering moment in my life happened when I was four months old. My biological father was murdered, leaving my mommy and I, well mostly my mom to pick up the pieces and I think she did an amazing job she married my stepfather when I was just four years old so he naturally adapted to the role of dad which is exactly what I call him because it's the only role he's ever played in my life um but through the good and the bad and you know everyone has good and bad with their parents um you know but I think they did a really good job raising myself and my two younger sisters with all that they had Um, We moved around a little bit, but always to bigger and better opportunities for my sisters and I. As much as we hated leaving everything we knew and grew to love, looking back in retrospect, I definitely understand why it was needed, and I also see how it built resilience in all of us. So I really do have to commend my parents because they raised us all to have such confidence and, and to believe that there was nothing that could stop us. If we wanted to do something, we could do it. And so this is one of the reasons why I believe I am where I am today. I never took no's or you shouldn't do that as anything other than a perspective that I needed to look further into in order for me to accomplish my goals. I was told no or you shouldn't do that a lot. Um, once someone said to me, Arielle, you shouldn't leave your family and go off to college in another state. And so what this did was instead of making me doubt my decision to choose an out-of-state college, it shifted my brain to think, hmm, okay, so leaving my family behind is a potential barrier. How can I ensure that I continue to prioritize my family when I do move out of state? So you see that mindset change? 
earlier this week, I opened up a little bit on my Instagram about the first time that I remember someone telling me that I wasn't good enough. Um, in my actions, they, they spoke way louder than any words I could have said back to them. Uh, so this experience, I was in eighth grade and my parents were late to pick me up from track practice, which was a very common occurrence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and the next year I was I was lined up, I was planning to go to what was the largest public school in the state of Michigan. And so my track coach at the time was telling me that I should give up running track because my talents weren't going to be good enough to compete at that level. He told me that people will, and I quote, eat me alive and I should spare myself the embarrassment. I don't remember actually talking about this situation after that. Like, I don't remember mentioning it to my parents or anyone, but it clearly stuck with me. And I know I was burning on the inside because I can do whatever I put my mind to. And who the heck was this man to think that he could predict my future? The only person who can do that is God. And I personally am the only person on earth who can speak life into my future. This actually reminds me of a really cute... um, side note mommy moment that I had with my son a few months ago he asked me if he could join the school chess team and someone else replied before I could and they told him hmm you know well chess is really hard and he responded by saying that's okay I can do anything I put my mind to it was so heartwarming so heartwarming um yeah so anyways after that experience with my track coach the next year I went off to said high school Um, And I destroyed my school's high jump record. The following year, I destroyed the state record. And my junior year, this is really when my, this is kind of like my winning story um, for my, my track career. But I was expected to win the high jump, long jump, and the 300 hurdles events at our state track meet. Uh, So the day went on and I won high jump, I won long jump, and I remember getting ready for the 300 hurdles. I had one potential competitor, but I don't really remember being too worried about her. Absolutely nothing against her or her talents. I think I was just really hyper-focused on winning. So I remember getting on the start line, the gun going off, and I got off to a great start. I remember breezing over the first hurdle, no problems. And then I don't know, maybe I got too confident or something because the second hurdle literally attacked me back. Um, I hit it foot on, I stuttered, I fell, I rolled. And I remember making eye contact with my coach as I'm like rolling on the track. And I swear I saw and I heard him through his eyes, through his stare. And he said to me, if you stay down, you will be running six eight hundreds every practice for the rest of your high school track career. I I swear he said this in his eyes. Bless his soul. His name was Westfield or sometimes we called him Westy. Um, He was this this old white man with Dumbledore white hair that was always braided back into a ponytail. Uh, And he was notorious for his limp run because he had a plate in his knee, but he would chase after us if we were out of line in any way. And with 100 girls on our track team every year, it was inevitable that one of us would get into some type of trouble on a daily basis. Um, But anyways, yeah, we made eye contact. He cursed me out via that eye lock and I got up and I finished the race. I didn't win, but um, I came in fourth. So I passed four other people who didn't fall, roll, get cursed out by their coach through an eye stare, scrape their entire right side of their body. So four people who didn't cross the, the, the finish line with a bloody knee, a bloody hip, a bloody shoulder, which I still have marks to this day. Um, 
And I, I remember Westy let me cry after that. And I'm pretty sure he let me out of the 4x4, which if you're a part of Track Nation, you know is probably the most hype event of the meet, partially because it's a great race and then also because it's the last event. Uh, so when it's over, then we all get to go home. And so anyways, that that 300 hurdle race was one of my key highlight moments. Um, I was on everyone's radar after this ESPN Rise, which is like a subset magazine for potential up and coming um, athletes. They reached out to offer me a spot on their cover. Uh, the previous year I had made it to an inside article with them. So this was a this was a big step up for me. I might have to call my mom to see if she can send me a copy. Maybe I can show you guys little embarrassing high school Ariel on the cover of this magazine. Um, and so my career continued to snowball after that. Snowball upwards? Is that a thing? Um, I qualified for the Olympic trials. I did not go, but it was a great addition to my story. And then my senior year, I was offered a full ride to my dream school, which full disclosure became my dream school because when I was about nine years old, my family, we would travel to North Carolina every summer for family reunions. And I remember asking my parents if I could be left behind because I loved North Carolina so much. I loved the warmth. I just, I love the entire environment. Um, and so they told me that I could research colleges so that when I graduate high school, I can live out my dream of living in North Carolina. And so I quote unquote researched and I chose the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, because their colors were the prettiest. So I definitely made my decision on UNC because of Carolina blue and white. <laughs> Go heels. So I wanted to share this part of my story because I think it helped segue me into the mindset that I really needed to have in order to successfully make my international move to Spain. So a mindset that I actually think is really needed to accomplish anything that we want. So today we're talking about mindset, which is such an important part of your expat journey and I can't emphasize this enough. So I want you right now to take a moment to just kind of think about how we can change your mindset to optimize your mental health experience abroad. Is there anything we can do about reconstructing negative thinking? Can we change our mindset to be more optimistic? Do we have to acknowledge that maybe we are playing the victim versus being the victor? Actually, this is a line that my coach used on me this week, multiple times. So even with my mindset that I think I've had really my entire life, I still fall short sometimes. And I think that this is also another reason why it's so important to have that support system to back you up when you're feeling low. You know, for me this week, it was my coach. You know, sometimes, you know, it's family. My my sister's a great asset to my support system. My mom is amazing. Um, and so just kind of knowing who you can call on to help encourage and uplift you in those moments where you feel low. And there's absolutely no shame in it. You know, we just have to be accepting and willing to change it once you do become aware of it. And so I previously shared a little bit about my experiences with my move to Spain. Um, so the year before my move, there was a lot going on. I was a single full-time mom completing my master's, working a 20-hour-a-week graduate assistantship, a 20-hour-a-week internship, and then also working full-time as a bartender. So my sleep schedule was pretty non-existent. 
And so that summer before graduating, I took a two-week trip to Barcelona and fell in love, literally, spiritually, all of the ways. Um, By the end of the two weeks, I had met with multiple offices to inquire what it would take to get a job as an expat with a degree in social work. I met with international schools to gain knowledge and advice for bringing a kid across the world with me. I knew that if I was going to make an international move, my only time would be after graduating. It was then or never. And so I came home that summer and I told my parents, mom, dad, I move into Spain. <laughs> my mom, she she rolled her eyes and my dad just kind of like smile smirked, which they later told me they had no other option because they know that when I put my mind to something, that's just it. Um, they just choose to support rather than drown me in their ideas of why I shouldn't, mainly because I won't listen anyways. Um, And so from there on, I started researching and talking to any and everyone that I could on any platform. I booked a ticket and an Airbnb to spend the entire following summer in Spain to basically convince someone to hire and sponsor myself and my son for a visa. But then COVID hit. Everything was shut down with no idea when anything would reopen. It was it was a big mess and it left me clueless to what my next steps were. But I persevered. I kept communicating and reaching out to any and everyone I was already talking to or anyone who I knew would listen or not listen. I really didn't care. I was just determined. And so this is when my relationship with my now husband strengthened. We began talking every day, probably excelled the way that it did because we were home 24-7 because of COVID. So we had lots of opportunities to just be on the phone together. Um, And so that summer came. My son left it or left that summer to spend it with his father Um, So my husband and I, we found a loophole where we were able to book tickets to spend three weeks quarantine together in London. And this was August of 2020. Definitely one of my top three favorite trips I think I've ever had with him. Um, Definitely my most vulnerable. Our in-person connection, I obviously was strengthened so much during that time. I mean, when I talk about vulnerability, like, I mean, we were literally forced into it being quarantined in a one bedroom apartment together for for two weeks um we were allowed to leave the airbnb after 14 days into our trip but before that all groceries were delivered to the apartment we were just gridlocked and desperate to leave but we couldn't so we really did just bond i remember working remotely for a little bit and um Obviously, my husband was left to roam our tiny apartment and just self-entertain. The next thing I knew, I was looking out of my window and I just see my husband passing tequila shots to the neighbors through the windows on like this long pole concoction that he had made. Um, He's just a really pure spirited human being. And he's definitely that guy in the bar who loves buying everyone shots. Um, So after that trip, we decided that we weren't going to let anything stop us from being together, not even COVID. So we found another loophole to meet again in Barbados, which is a whole other story in itself um, in October of that year. And we eloped. And with that marriage certificate, we were able to visit each other in our countries, regardless of the COVID restrictions. We spent Christmas and New Year's Eve and our spring break times together that following year. It took a lot of mental strength up until this point. Planning all of this the way that we had, it was clearly very unconventional and honestly, not very well planned. However, clearly my mindset strength persevered and I kept pushing through and I hadn't even gotten to the real tough part yet. 
So now because my son's father flipped the switch on being supportive of our move to no longer being supportive, we had to go to court, which was really stressful as any court cases. And from the day of the court decision to the day of my flight to Spain, I only had five days to basically lay out the entire official move. So it was it was crunch time to be sure that I got everything done. I talked a little bit more in depth about this in the trailer episode, so I won't repeat myself and bore you too much, but between the unconventionalness and the court back and forth drama with my son's father and the negativity from others' opinions on my move, I was beyond stressed and anxious. I lost a lot of sleep, and when I did happen to sleep, I was having nightmares, I experienced the highest bouts of anxiety I think I'd ever had in my life, like anxiety that would get me to the point of throwing up. And so I think this anxiety honestly probably stayed with me into my move and throughout all the culture shock. And so you might be asking now, okay, Ariel, what's the point of all of this? So I truly wanted to give you all some insight into who I really am. I'm a human, and this is how my story has shaped me to be who I am, which drives my passion for recognition of expat mental health. It's beyond me that I wasn't exposed to better insights about the mental health struggles that accompany in an international move. It simply just isn't talked enough about. So I think a lot of us assume that moving to another country and becoming an expat is simply just a luxurious lifestyle. And sure, it is, or it can be. But there are also a few hard steps that happen in between. And it's okay to admit it. It's okay to talk about it. It's okay to miss things from your original home. And so I wanted to show you all the vulnerable parts of me because I wouldn't trade a single thing in my life because everything that has happened to me has led me to be who I am and where I am today. I wouldn't be the mom, the wife, the therapist that I am today had I not experienced everything exactly the way I have. And so with that mindset, I know life is going to continue to throw roadblocks and barriers, but if I continue staying present in the moment, focusing on the things within my control, and maintain my positive mindset that has gotten me to where I am today, while also remaining in prayer, then nothing else can stop me. And so I will continue to grow, I will continue to thrive, and I will continue to shine. And I want to help all of you do the exact same. I am the amazing leader I am today because of my mindset, my support system, and my internal drive. I'm filled with resources and knowledge, and honestly, my personal experience taught by the education makes me all the more credible. So on that note, I'm going to leave you all with your expat exploration question for the week. And I really want you to take the time to be open honest and vulnerable with yourself when answering and if you're unsure of what your mindset looks like ask your support system your loved ones grab some insight from them to help to help you gain a better perspective of how you portray yourself or your mindset so here is this week's question how can you consciously shift your mindset to cultivate a positive and empowering experience in your expat journey What strategies or practices can you adopt to reframe challenges, embrace growth opportunities, and nurture a resilient mindset while you are abroad? Thank you so much for listening in to the Expat Therapist Podcast. 
For more tips and material, head over to my website at globaltransitions.co or on Instagram at The Expat Therapist. Don't forget to subscribe and stay tuned for more insights and inspiration on thriving in your global transition. I hope you are leaving feeling even just a little bit more empowered. And remember, there's never a good time, so just go all out and do it now.